0: Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come, we'll come back to me. Hey, and welcome back to True True to Live with Harry Day. Um, My voice is a little bit hoarse, not bad. I I did an art show yesterday and I talked to a lot of people. And they also had a multi-band stage running. So at times you had to talk loudly over the music to the people. But I sold a lot of books. I sold a few metal pieces. It was a good day. And the weather's cool here. We're We're in Mississippi and the weather was in the 60s you know, before it got dark even, and it's almost June. So you gotta love that unless you love hot weather. I'm not a big fan. I can handle it, but I can do without it. So I'm thinking I need a new episode subject and I really didn't have one I wanted to do. I had some ideas. There's always things to talk about, but I saw one of my, one of my, here they are over here, one of my business cards, it's not a business though, but one of my advertisement cards, it's over here by the dashboard Jesus that's still in his box, and this podcast is considered a Southern culture podcast. Podcast. I'm a native Mississippian. We're in the heart of the South. We're in Deep South. We're in Dixie. And, you know, I look down my list of shows, and a majority of them really aren't involved in things that are Southern. <clears throat> so that made it easy in... Hold on, I've got to drink some tea. Probably gonna drink a lot of tea in this episode because my throat's a little sore. Um, gosh, that's all it takes when you're 51 years old is drink some tea and forget what the hell you're talking about. <clears throat> so I decided to do a show that is Southern culture oriented. And I uh, did a little search and I found via a website called Best Life. Under travel, a heading that says, and it's not, but a heading that says the 25 craziest facts about the South. Now, if I put some time into it, I could put down 25 real crazy facts about the South from my 50 years of experience, although I probably wouldn't remember the first 10. Um, but we're going to go by this. And it's pretty cool, it's some things I did not know, and a lot of them don't really define the South, but they are in the South. And so, we're going to roll through this, I'm not going to read it verbatim because that would be disingenuous, but I am at times going to, and since I'm not making money at this or uh, inputting it for a grade, I can't plagiarize. I can plagiarize, it's not illegal. In my realm of doing things, anyway, <clears throat> they uh, lead off. I'm going to read a little bit from the first paragraph so you can get a feel of what this person is trying to portray. You know, after it said 25 craziest facts about the South, it says, "No, it's not all great food and sweet tea." I'm a native southerner. I'm I'm over sweet tea. It's too sweet. I, I like unsweet tea and squeeze about three wedges of lemon in it and you know a lot of ice and that's about the most refreshing thing you can have at lunch or just if you're just drinking something. I don't drink alcohol so I feel like if I picked up and started drinking alcohol again I would drink red wine and there are probably some uh, bourbons or brandies I might sip. I would definitely sip Moonshine. Mojitos are good. Oh, what I really used to like also, besides for, uh, margaritas on the rocks. What I, what I really got into, oh gosh, I've already forgotten what it is. And i I'm not even started on the subject. Let me drink some tea and think about it. Oh, Bloody Marys, good Lord. I was at a New Year's Eve party and no one was using the bloody mary mix. And so I made me a huge cup of virgin bloody mary. Just didn't have alcohol in it. I spiced it. You know, you had the mix, the ice, the celery, um little Worcestershire, you know, whatever. And it was just like it was like having a nice uh higher end V8 almost. It was so good. <clears throat> but I, And I've talked about this with other people. About food euphorias. To where say you're eating a homemade cheeseburger. That's just so good you've never had one better. It was the best cheeseburger you ever had. But I mean you could have a steak that's like that. Or a salad. And I have these moments where I have these food euphorias. Where it is just... The best flavor, or the, you know, redfish. Oh my gosh, man! Just certain things, you know, Um uh, Barbecue shrimp in New Orleans, unbelievable. Anyway, blah 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 blah. Where's my dog? Down here by my licking my ankle. There's my dog. All right. So the woman's name is Callie Coleman. This article was published um about two years ago. She says, the South is home to many things, from sweet tea to fiercely defending, quote, y'all, unquote, as the only acceptable way to acknowledge a group of people. And then it goes into northerners not understanding, northerners not understanding southerners and the southern ways. It's odd, it's weird, it's mysterious. Of course it is, because we're rich in culture, unlike the North. And, you know, she blah, blah, blahs a little bit about North and South, the trivia, and how how enigmatically rich the region is in the South. But then she did her research, and we have our 25 crazy facts about the South. How many minutes are we before we, ele- no, that's not even a damn thing, that's what time it is. Seven minutes in. Usually I do two or three minutes in before we get to it. <clears throat> uh, but there's no rules here. So, weird things about the South. Number one, there's a woman in North Carolina. She's 88 years old. She receives a monthly check from the Department of Veteran Affairs for $73.13 every month from the Civil War. Her father fought in the Civil War. She is the daughter of a Confederate soldier who deserted right before Gettysburg. He probably would have died at Gettysburg. I mean, a lot of them didn't, but the odds weren't great. He ended up living to 1938. That's when my grandfather died, but he was younger than that. Anyway, this woman, who was 88 two years ago, still received a Civil War veteran check of 72 dollars 13 That's amazing. That would be Again, that was in North Carolina, right? <clears throat> okay, number two. Excuse me, I'm drinking that tea too fast. There is an island off of Beaufort, South Carolina, on the coast. It's not on the ocean, I don't think. It's called Morgan Island. It's a barrier island that is populated by over 3,000 rhesus monkeys. Now the island is surrounded by water and the monkeys were removed from Puerto Rico and sent to South Carolina. South Carolina wanted them. Well, Puerto Rico wanted to get rid of them. They had a group of monkeys at the Caribbean Primate Research Center in Puerto Rico. And these monkeys became inflicted with a... Widespread outbreak of herpes. <laughs> and it sent a lot of locals into a panic and they wanted to get rid of the herpes ridden monkeys. And so South Carolina took them and they put them on this island. And the island is owned by the Department of Natural Resources of South Carolina. It's protected under federal law. And the monkeys are under the jurisdiction of the FDA. Amazing. So you can't go on the island. And you might get herpes if you go on the island. Who knows? They all still have herpes. Or if the old ones that had them, died out. And the young ones are herpes free <laughs> <clears throat> But thats I didn't know that. And I lived in South Carolina, north of there, or up coast, on Folly Beach, which has a lot of great Civil War history and a little bit of pirate history. All right, number three. In Sarasota, Florida, there is an Amish Beach Resort. Strictly for the Amish who travel down. They've been doing it for a century. They come down to Florida. They go to the Amish resort on chartered buses. And there are strict rules that follow the Amish community. But they are loose and somewhat. Because they're on a beach vacation. I guess you can take your socks and shoes off and get some sun on your feet. That's a picture of them in their Amish wear except they don't have anything on their feet. Their feet are naked. Number four. Wow, I did not know this. Maybe that's why I never saw very many people with tattoos. It was not legal to get a tattoo in South Carolina until 2004. Now, I knew people who had tattoos, but I think there were some surfers that were younger than me, and they would go to Georgia, I think, to get tattoos, if I'm right. I think I'm right but it was illegal and then once they made it legal within the first 10 years over 100 tattoo parlors popped up around the state excuse me all right let's move to atlanta georgia where there is a world record holding drive-in restaurant called the varsity that can handle up to 600 cars at one time. I don't know if they could feed them that fast, but they can park them, 600 cars. And it's right downtown because in the background you can see the uh, some of those downtown buildings. Number six, North Carolina holds the record for the most American Idol finalists over any state. And these finalists were Fantasia, Barino, Scott McCreary and Caleb Johnson. Um, Alabama follows with two. I don't know who they are. I don't watch that show. All I know is Carrie Underwood was on it, and so was that other singer. (laughs) Anyway, this I knew. Along the coast of Georgia, there is an island that is inhabited by wild horses. Up to 200 horses live on Cumberland Island off the coast of Georgia. They're wild, they roam free, and you can visit the island and see them, but only it is limited to a certain number of visitors per day. Be sure to make reservations, okay. Let's move back to Alabama, number eight. On the grounds of the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, some men were doing some work where they were having to uh, dig a trench, and they came across a cannonball. And they had to back off and let special EOD technicians come in, and they ended up removing 10 Civil War-era cannonballs. From an area on the University of Alabama where there's now a brick sidewalk and, and kind of a green and some trees, like a walkway area, small, narrow walkway area. But that's interesting, I suppose. I don't recall there being any battles, so they're probably just stored. Um this was kinda of dumb. I mean, why don't they talk about Florabama? Floribama is a bar that is open on the beach where Alabama and Florida come together around Perdido Key. But this is Patrick's Pub and Grill located on the border of Tennessee and Georgia. This would be near Chattanooga, I believe. But if you wanted a cold alcoholic beverage at this Pub and Grill, you had to go to the Georgia side of the restaurant pub Because the county on the Tennessee side was dry. No, 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 no. McKaysville, Georgia on the Georgia side was dry. Not that it matters Patrick's Pub and Grill shut down in 2015. Number 10. Georgia is known for its peaches, right? South Carolina, however, produces more peaches now than Georgia. It produces three times the amount of peaches as Georgia. And it's a smaller state at that. And they don't do it in the northern part of the state, I do not believe. It's along the border. I guess they just have larger orchards. Um, However, neither state produces the most peaches in America. That would be California. California. Yet there is a peach rivalry in the South, so prevalent that even resulted in a Twitter spat between officials' account for each state's agricultural department about peaches. Excuse me. We had a big fish fry cookout down in Port Gibson, and apparently it's near the end of its digestion and I'm starting to burp. The weirdest thing in Mississippi was the fish fry. Just kidding. Um, This is in Mississippi, though, number 11. In Ridgeland, Mississippi, just south of here. I see it all the time. There's a miniature Washington Monument. It's not that miniature. It's not as tall as the Washington Monument, but it's 200 feet tall. And underneath, it is a cell phone tower. But Ridgeland decided to put something over it to make it look more appealing than a big metal tower and so they made it look like a Washington monument except here's the thing at the top where it starts to taper into a point on all four sides it has two open squares that look like eyes and for years we called it the 200 foot Klansman. And I don't know if that ended up getting around to the officials in Ridgeland or not, but they closed those things up. (laughs) So now it looks like the Washington Monument. But we always called it the 200-foot Klansman because it had eyes, and it looked like a a white-hooded, yeah, Yeah. anyway. But it's, it's still something interesting if you're coming up and down Highway 55 and you're not from the area. Number 12... Did you know you can get jail time for cursing on the beach in South Carolina? That, that, that's not Folly Beach, I'll tell you that. There was plenty of cussing on Folly Beach when I lived there. Um, Myrtle Beach has the ordinance. Swearing on the beach can get you a fine from $500 to three hundred thirty days in jail. A fine up to $500 or 30 days in jail if caught by authorities cursing. Charges are usually only levied against folks who are also charged with disorderly conduct. So you've got to be kind of cause of trouble. And then they'll hit you with that. Taboo. All right, number 13, Stone Mountain in Georgia, outside of Atlanta. No? North Carolina? Must be a different Stone Mountain. Um, there are small pools of water on top of Stone Mountain. It's about 1,600 feet tall. And in the summer months, these tiny clam shrimp appear in these freshwater pools during the rainy season. Um, also, let's say clam shrimp and fairy shrimp have been discovered on the mountain since 1940, and they are listed as critically endangered. But when you think shrimp, you don't think mountain. What are you doing, dog? Stop playing with the garbage can. Um, you don't think shrimp and mountain, unless you're thinking, uh, fossil imprints in rock. All right. Here's one that happened in Mississippi. I remember this story and I always thought that it was someone that was doing this. And I think it was someone that was doing this, but then it stopped. Um, in Pascagoula, Mississippi, down on the Mississippi Gulf coast, there was a phantom, as they called it, the Phantom Barber, that, quote, haunted the town. In the 40s, there was a string of home invasions where people didn't know about it until they woke up and found locks of their hair snipped off and left on the dresser or pillow or next to them. Nothing was stolen. Just snips of hair were taken or snipped off and left. And the person who supposedly was doing it was nicknamed the Phantom Barber. And once an intruder was caught in home invasions, but he passed a lie detector test and was let go. They thought it was him, I guess. He didn't do anything else. But ever since then... It never happened, so it's kind of creepy, but I guess it's better than rape. (laughs) I guess there's a lot of things better than rape. Let's do a show about what all is better than rape. I guess we're already doing one. Everything is better than rape, except murder. Okay, number 15. There's a town in Tennessee that was uh, part of the Cherokee Nation. And In the early 1800s, they Cherokees in a treaty wanted their town of Kingston to be the capital of Tennessee. So the settlers were like, okay, and they looked over the treaty and realized they didn't say there was a length of time that they wanted it to be the capital of Tennessee. And so they did it and let it be capital for about a quarter of a day, and then they said, okay, that's it. And then everything was returned that was taken there back to Knoxville, which was the capital in the early 1800s. Now it's Nashville, obviously, which is a huge growing city of a southern metropolis. Number 16 In Atlanta, everyone has heard of Peachtree Street. Well, apparently there are 71 streets with the name Peachtree in it. And if I were to go into it, it would be like doing Bubba Gump talking about shrimp and all the ways you can have shrimp. You got Peachtree Street, Peachtree Circle, Peachtree Avenue, Peachtree Drive, West Peachtree Street, etc. Peachtree Circle. It goes on. 71 of them. Why, a Peach tree? Well, it's because they grow peaches there. <laughs> Seventeen: Bowman, South Carolina has a UFO welcome center. They have this interesting yet folk-artish-looking, life-size UFO on a UFO on a pad surrounded by metal. And it's been spray-painted on. So that's why I call it folk art. It's not like a fine art piece in big brass or steel. It's, But it's still cool. You'd have to look it up. Uh, UFO Welcome Center, South Carolina. South Carolina resident Jody Pendarvis made it clear that his place is the place to be when aliens visit. It is the unofficial welcome center... And it's a makeshift design to look like two silver UFOs. Inside one of the ships, Pendarvis has put a toilet, shower, television, and even air conditioning. (laughs) Anything to make an ET feel welcome. But until the aliens come, however, human visitors are allowed to visit it. With an admission price that varies day to day, but usually hits about 20 bucks. The guy who runs this sounds kind of kooky, in a good way. All right, number 18. There's a four-acre miniature city in Alabama dedicated to famous monuments. Any famous monument around the world has been recreated in miniature in Coleman, Alabama. There are 150 mini-replicas, things such as the Basilica Church, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, the Great Wall of China, Saint Bernard Abbey, a lot of different stuff. So there you go. Probably some Washington monuments, French monuments, <clears throat> Italian definitely, Greek. Um, number nineteen in Virginia, you can visit a Confederate general's grave that contains his left arm only Stonewall Jackson was shot by his own troops by mistake right at dark during a battle and he lost his arm and they buried it in Elwood Manor Cemetery he would succumb from his injuries days later I think it brought on pneumonia or something I'm not sure and Stonewall would be buried in Lexington Virginia instead of Chancellorville where his arm was buried um, 100 miles away but the marker for his arm is still in Elwood Cemetery but there's a huge controversy it says here on whether his arm really is still there or whether they moved it who knows alright number 20 in Louisiana especially southern Louisiana and the flats people do not quote, bury their dead, unquote, because in the early days of New Orleans and the surrounding area, when they were trying to bury their dead in coffins in the ground, at some point they would float back to the surface through the soil. Settlers had to come up with a new plan, and so they started building tombs, and putting their dead in tombs. And if you've ever been to New Orleans, you see these huge lots of tombs that are just crammed in there called Cities of the Dead by locals that have become huge tourist attractions. Um, They, they had a scene in Easy Rider, the movie, and it's kind of a weird scene because they're tripping on acid and not handling it well. It appeared, as I recall in this uh, big tomb. Gosh, what do they call it? Townspeople settle on tombs instead because graves just wouldn't work. Anyway, they're they're really cool, and they're really old. I don't know if they still do or not. Here's one that could be its own, 21, could be its own uh, episode, easily. The great hurricane of 1900 that swept onto Galveston. No one knew it was coming. Galveston is a big island, and it was populated heavily even in 1900. And here it has the death toll at six to 8,000. But I've read about this, and it is not impossible that 15,000 people died in that hurricane, all likely drowning because the whole island went underwater and all the buildings were smashed and turned over, etc., and fell apart. That was a that was a time when there were so many bodies that they couldn't just have funerals and bury them. So they started digging mass graves and they started burning them and they started. I want to say they put them on these barges and took them offshore. But they had to make people at gunpoint do the work with the bodies because disease would have run rampant had these bodies been allowed to bloat in the sun. But it was a Category 4, or larger probably, that came smack dab onto Galveston Winds over 135 miles an hour, probably up to 180. And like I said, that that alone could make its own show. That was the, the biggest death toll by a hurricane that will ever happen in this country, most likely, unless New York has some freak thing go down. The deadliest natural disaster in U.S. history happened in Texas. Six to 8,000 deaths. I I think it was a lot higher. They just didn't know. They didn't know who was missing. If people left and never came back. I mean, it was unlivable for so long. All right. We're going back to South Carolina. Number 22, the largest living cat lives in South Carolina. It is an adult male liger, male lion, female tiger, named Hercules at Myrtle Beach Safari. It stands at about 49 inches tall, 131 inches long, and it weighs a whopping 922 pounds. It eats 20 pounds of meat per day. Do not fall asleep in the liger cage. What the old saying is, is do not pass out in the pig pen. Because they'll eat you. If you passed out and you don't know what's going on, they're going to eat you. It's just a sad fact. All right. Um, in Athens, Georgia, this is 23, there is a tree that owns itself. Actually, it's the descendant of a tree that owned itself. <laughs> That's as hard to. There's a white oak in Athens, Georgia. And it's called the tree that owns itself the owner of that little small piece of property that has a drive going around both sides of it deeded the land to the tree before he died and his terms were the tree was given an eight-foot plot of land around it but the original tree in 1942 was knocked down by a windstorm but neighbors who enjoyed the phenomenon of the tree that owns itself, planted another white oak there, which is still there today, in honor of the man who had done that. And though while it's not technically legal, the city of Athens still recognized the tree's rights. I mean, (laughs) your roots getting on my street. All right, number 24, Asheville, Tennessee, beautiful town. Asheville, North Carolina, beautiful town, is the home to over 30 beer breweries, the most of any city in the United States, I believe. More breweries per capita. 30 breweries, and it hosts many different beer festivals and has countless beer tours. Apparently, a lot of people go there and drink beer. They're all craft beer Get your blueberry beer, get your cherry beer, get your dark beer, whatever. It's considered the best craft beer. Oh wait, you can learn all about it on that site. Never mind. Number twenty five, the finale dun dun du The saying don't mess with Texas is very well known in the South and maybe even around states that aren't in the South, around Texas like Oklahoma or New Mexico. Don't mess with Texas. Where did it start? Did it start with the Alamo? Did it start with the war with Mexico? Nope. (laughs) It started as an anti-littering campaign. Folks who saved the old signs have a part of history. There are still signs up around Texas that say don't mess with Texas and have the amount of money For littering, it's now a phrase of home state pride, but in the 1980s, the Texas Department of Transportation dished out nearly $20 million for trash pickup. An Austin-based ad agency came up with the phrase, don't mess with Texas, when the Department of Transportation put out a request for a marketing slogan. It took off. But remember what it originally stands for. Put that Whataburger wrapper in the trash, not on the ground. Why would it say that? And for more trivia about this fascinating state, don't miss 25 Crazy Facts About Texas. Anyway, that is some Southern culture tidbits from my peoples. Because we love our Southern brethren sisters and brothers, fathers and mothers. Um, We're going a little slow, so I guess I can go into another thing. I live outside a small town in Canton. I live off a two-lane state highway that is in my driveway, is my neighbor's driveway too, and we're in the middle of about a half to three-quarter mile straightaway. Straight as a nail, straight. But sadly, two days ago, I believe, a highway patrolman had someone pulled over out front like they do all the time. And I guess he was out of his car and one of those big rig dump trucks, like a a dump trailer behind the rig, was cruising up the road. He could have been going too fast because the cop Had lights on his vehicle I would imagine but somehow a a wreck occurred and the highway patrolman was killed he's a family man, wife and kids I've donated money to the cause a lot of people have donated money to the cause if you search uh Madison County Sheriff's Department and then look up some kind of uh try to find where you can give to officer Harris's family because they're uh, he went on duty and he didn't come home and it happened right up front of my place. And it's just, I remember I was pulling out I was sitting in this room right here on, on the, uh, I was doing some writing and it wasn't very loud, but I didn't hear the accident. I didn't hear the helicopter. I didn't hear anything, it was crazy. But I, I told the kids, I'm going to the store, be back. And when I got into the driveway, there was a cop car there with the lights on. I was like, oh, he pulled someone over. It's, it's been a norm for years and years out there. And when I looked left, there was a car that looked like it had been totaled two times. And behind it was another car that the front end was crushed into the engine all to my left from my driveway. Right in front of me was a police car, so I had to pull right around it. I'm thinking that was the officer's car because that's where they ended up spray painting uh, location marks for accident-involved vehicles. And so I, I was just like, where was his car if he was in the crash? I never saw the car. I was thinking maybe he was at the bottom of the ditch across the road, but he was out of the car and got hit. And that was that. I don't know if I, you know, there was a black man laying in the middle of the road with a white woman comforting him, talking to him. I think he was just in shock because he wasn't mangled or bloody or twisted or any of that stuff. He was just laying there, you know, probably trying to find himself again. You know, can you imagine in a, in a high-speed crash? Because there were no uh, skid marks. It was just a straight run-through crash, bam, boom. Right there, right by my dang mailbox. And I have friends who knew the man and were friends with the man. And he's gone. So like I said, if you can find a way to find out about the uh, highway patrolman killed on Highway 16 on the 28th. I don't think it was yesterday. Yesterday. No, it was the day before yesterday, on the twenty-eighth of May, in Madison County, Highway 16. Officer Harris, he give money to his family. They're gonna have to do a funeral. They're gonna have to, you know, she's gonna have to raise his kids somehow. And so, someone had started a foundation or whatever, a, a, a fund. And I gave thirty dollars. And, you know, the goal was, uh, I think at the time, $40,000, and it was about at 25000 And I looked at it again that evening, and they'd surpassed what they wanted for the goal. And I looked at it the next day, and I think they'd gotten over $100,000, going for $200,000. I bet by now they have gotten it, because people, that's the thing about the South. That's what I'm coming, that's what I'm circling back to, Joe is that uh, we take care of our own. When the rubber hits the road, we take care of our own. When people need help, we're there. We'll always be there. We give to people we don't know. And that's what I've always loved about the South. That's why I came back to the South from where, when I lived out West and on the East Coast. Was You just didn't have that hospitality that you could talk to people that you didn't know at the gas station, at the post office, anywhere. You don't know them, but they're going to talk to you. And it doesn't matter if they're black or white or Hispanic or whatever. The Hispanics are a little late to the culture. They've just been coming in the last couple of decades. But us blacks and whites have been here. And we understand each other and we talk. And, uh, you know, what if they what if they would just, people that weren't alike would get along in the Middle East and just talk instead of shoot rockets at each other? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? But the world is what it is, and all we can do is try to make it better. And that's why I give my end message is get in touch with your family, tell them how you feel, tell them that you love them, ask if they need anything. Then after you've done all that, go to your friends, make, reach out to friends you hadn't talked to in a while, even if it's just a text or a, a Facebook thing. Say hey, thinking about you, how you doing? You know, let people know that you care about them, that you think about them. And when it comes to strangers, smile, be kind. Yes sir, no sir. Yes ma'am, no ma'am. Uh, open the door, hold the door open. Let people, let people out in traffic in front of you. You'll get home. And let that ripple of kindness ripple out and hit those people that you're kind to, and hope that they find that you're kind. There are other kind people it makes me feel good I'll be kind, and then they be kind, and it ripples out and hits people, and it just it spreads. We spread that ripple of kindness and that's you know that's always my closing message on this on this silly podcast, but It's a good message it's a good message now I gotta figure out a song to close out this dog but I still hope that y'all are having a good holiday it is Memorial Day weekend and I wish each and every one of you a big five capital letter peace